0: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
1: Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Michael called this world. Started on Venice Beach, now he reaching the world. He'll make you laugh till your stomach
0: hurts. Super fly, nice guy. And pray if you need the word. While to the Now Come on, get ready for the star
1: search winner. And OG three times, this ain't no beginner. Whether you in your house, you on your break out to dinner. On your job, in your car, turn it up and it's real Michael call, yeah. Michael talks to everybody. Mi- Michael call, yeah. Michael talks to everybody. Mi- Michael call, yeah. Michael talks to everybody. You know what it is, shawty. Woo, you know woo, woo. woo.
2: Oh, you know what time it is? Mike, talk to everybody. Not every. Don't get the spelling all prop on me and stuff. Just cause you got a little college education. Everybody, E-R-R-B-O-D-Y. Tell all you folks too. They can chime in anytime they want. Just go to iHeart or wherever they get their podcast and talk to a player. We, man, we talking to everybody. I just talked to Monique the other day on here. Hill, Hill Harper, uh, Ali Sadiq. Just great, great folks and I'm really, Really blown away to be speaking to one of my great friends who's a wonderful talk show host. Uh he's an author. He been the game for a minute, first black man to get his own news show on uh National Public Radio. I didn't even really know they let black people in there work on the staff at all. I'm just joking. No, I saw a couple of black people the other day. Anyway, no, but he got his own, and uh, he started his thing. He did B E T after he had his own thing. He would do like a sec a sixty-second piece with Tabby Smiley. Just them sixty seconds alone. So B.E.T. that he need to have his own show. So he got his first big show over there, too. And the brother is awesome. He's bad. Wrote five books. Look, I'm still trying to finish reading my first one. Wrote five books. And he's here with us. Get your hands together for the awesome Tavis Smiley. Woo, boy. Michael, you. How are you, sir? Man, I'm super
3: docious just like you. How you doing? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I have been so blessed beyond measure that if I complained, it'd, it'd be a shame. So I'm a... I'm going to keep it pushing, man. I'm doing all right. Thank you.
2: I feel you on that, and I see you also have your own radio station now, KBLA fifteen eighty AM. Is it Los Angeles and other places, or just Los Angeles?
3: Sure, it's flagship in LA, but heard across the country. Of course, our app is on fire at KBLA fifteen eighty, and we're live on uh, we, we live stream all of our programs. Uh, the app, the website, again, all of our socials are at KBLA fifteen eighty. Um, so we're flagship here in LA, but heard across the nation, and uh, this is the only black owned and operated talk radio station west of the mississippi There are really believe it or not only four black-owned talk stations in the country Um, and you think about how big uh what what a a behemoth talk radio is it's a multi-billion dollar industry but for there to be only four black-owned talk stations um is 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 tragic and shameful frankly but in a a city that is as multicultural multiracial, and multi-ethnic as la is Mm-hmm. Uh, I started processing why it is we don't have a black-owned progressive talk station in this city. And so here we are. Um, Wait, what in you Indiana come up heard across the country.
2: What's your answer? Why didn't we have one? I mean, you brought us one, but why, why don't we have more of them? And I remember when we had two or three and only one Mexican mm-hmm. uh, channel. Now we have 37 Mexican channels in Los Angeles and like two black. Why is that? Yeah,
3: um, media is hard. It's not easy. Uh, you know, we're we're not even two years old yet. We'll have our second anniversary on Juneteenth of this year. I literally launched on Juneteenth of twenty twenty one for the obvious reasons. Oh, Juneteenth. Um, so Juneteenth is our birthday every year, but it's hard. Um, uh, the media game isn't easy to get in. It is expensive uh, to get in. Uh, L A is a major market. It's expensive and difficult uh, to compete in this market. Um, advertisers don't want to pay you the same rate they pay for other talk stations. Mm. Uh, And it's just that the game is rigged as it always has been against us. So it's not easy getting in. Uh, It's even harder to sustain once you get in. Uh, But I just believe that if you give people a good product, they will support it. And all I can tell you is that, uh, while we we're traveling up the rough side of the mountain, as the gospel song says, all the indicators, Michael, that we're doing remarkably well. so again, if I complain i being in great we're, we're we're making good progress every day.
2: can you I wanted to ask you about something real quick you you wrote a book called the Death of a king and and it, it's described as. The last day, or no, the the final the year day. of yes. Martin Luther King's life. So, did, were you there? You hung out with it with him for that last year. How did you get this information? No, no, no,
3: no, no. So, King is assassinated uh, in sixty eight. Uh, I'm born in sixty four. So, I'm, I'm oh yeah, so you years. didn't follow him
2: on that one. No, yeah, no, okay. no, no. no. I'm,
3: I'm I'm four years old at the time of his assassination. I wish I'd hung out with him. I wish mm. I'd met him. Uh, I say all the time uh, that for me. Uh, To my mind, Dr. King is the greatest American this country has ever produced. That's my assessment, that he is the greatest American we have ever produced. But he's been my hero since I was 12 years of age, since I was 12. Literally, I've read and dissected everything I get my hands on about Dr. King because I think he is um, such a great American. And the thing about this particular book, Death of a King, I've written now like 24 books, but this one is the one that people have really gravitated to because it tells a story that was heretofore untold. This book, Death of a King, is the story, Michael, of literally his last year on earth. On April 4, 1967, he gives a speech on, uh, in Manhattan on, on, the, on the Upper West Side of the church called Riverside. He gives a speech called Beyond Vietnam. And in that speech, he tells America, you, America, you, the good white folk, you are the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today. He calls America the worst and most Mm. violent purveyor of dehumanizing behavior than any other nation in the world. And the good white folk didn't like Dr. King um, dissing America. He was telling the truth. but They they saw Mm. it as a diss and they didn't like that. That speech was April 4, 1967. Now watch this. April 4, 1968. One year to the day later, almost to the same hour, they killed him on that balcony in Memphis. So this book is the story of the last year of his life. And what happens from April 4, 1967, when that bullet with his name on it starts chasing him and catches him a year later, same day almost the same time it's the story of that last year and all the hell that dr king had to go through once he gave that speech and what people don't know very quickly is that in the last year of his life everybody turned against dr king mm. the media turned against him the the black media the white media he was disembodied to speak at black churches disembodied to speak at colleges and universities people didn't want to be in photos with him i mean he was so toxic in his last year, Wow. and they killed him on April 4, 68. Now it's not till 20 years later that your friend and my friend, Stevie Wonder, working with his widow, Coretta Scott King, finally get the King birthday to become a holiday. But that's two decades later. When King is killed in 68, he's persona non grata. When he dies, nobody wanted to be around him because everybody was backing away from him because he had criticized America. He was organizing a poor people's campaign, and nobody wanted any parts of that. So, the king that we celebrate today with the holidays and the monuments and all that good stuff, the streets, the schools, the libraries, the postage stamps, that is not the way he was regarded when they killed him April 4th, 68. So, this book tells the story of that last year. Wow. uh, That that most of us just don't know, frankly.
2: Okay, so listen, um, you used to have this thing called the State of Black America. Is that correct? The the title of it? State of the black of union. The, yep. the state of the black union. So the state of the black union. And that's what I'm calling this segment. Uh, I might talk to everybody, y'all, because, you know, we we talk to everybody, but it's really about the topic. And I want to know, is there is there such a thing as a, a black American state of a union? And if so, what is what state are we in, man, with this? Where are we as a black people?
3: Yeah, so every every president, as you know, Joe Biden just did it not long ago, a few weeks ago. Every president, mm-hmm. uh, once a year, gives what's called the State of the Union Address. And the, right. the purpose of that speech is to let the American people know uh, where the country is and where we're headed. Right. And every president stands up every year and they give that speech and they tell the same lie. And the lie is that the state of our union is strong. They use that line every year. The state mm-hmm. of our union is strong. Well, not exactly. We, we advanced this notion of American exceptionalism as if we're the greatest country in the history of the world. But the data tells a different story. In so many ways, America uh, is falling behind other nations. In so many ways, our democracy is in trouble. In so many ways, our democracy is fragile and on the precipice of imploding. Now, I'm a history student, so my read of history says to me that every empire in the history of the world at some point falters, every empire ultimately fails. And put another way, every empire uh, has its comeuppance. And because we think we all that and then some, we never consider how close we are uh, to being on the precipice of just failing. But a few things. One, poverty is a threat to our democracy. Yeah, Income inequality is a threat to our democracy. Uh, Continuing to spend more money on the military budget than anything else, is a threat to our democracy. And racism is a threat to our democracy. Police Mm -hmm. brutality is a threat to our democracy. I I can do this all day long. There's so many issues that we're facing and confronted with in America right now that are really going to be our undoing if we don't start to take seriously that, as I say all the time, America, contrary to popular belief, is not a democracy. We are an experiment in democracy. but We're not a democracy yet. And there's so many things wrong with our republic that we have to fix, or one day this country is simply going to implode. White supremacy is threatening our democracy. Yes, so our many control. On this list. We gotta take these things seriously. So if you ask me, what is the state of our union? The state of our union is not strong. And to your other question about the state of black America, that's challenging as well. I said to somebody on my radio program just yesterday that when you think about the founding documents in our country, uh, the constitution, the Declaration of Independence. When you think about our founding documents, in those documents, Michael, you know this, we were we were written in, we were listed as three-fifths, three-fifths. of a person. Right. They didn't even they didn't even count black folk as a whole person back Mm-mm. then. Mm-mm. They weren't so talking about it. us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So back then they saw us as three-fifths of a person. In 2023, we are still three-fifths of a person economically speaking, because black folk in 2023 only earn three-fifths of what the good white folk earn. So economically speaking, we're still three-fifths. And so there are all kinds of issues that have to be addressed if we're going to get Black America on the right path and moving in the right direction. But I'll close with this. As goes Black America, so goes the nation. If you can't do things right, if you can't do right by Black America, then the entire country is facing an uncertain peril.
2: So, Actually, African-American history is American history. It is. No question. Yeah, about what happened since we got kidnapped and brought over here and had to build a country no, that we no are rarely able to be able to walk around and live in without getting brutalized by uh, the very folks who brought us here in the first place. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I, I want to go back to that, that, that title, the state of black America. So what do you think black people are feeling in general? About the, about this country, because you talked about in 67, how everybody was turning on uh, King, you know, because he talked against America. Are we as a black people still feeling as Americanish and as patriotic or as white America is always correct what they say? Americans or are always starting to pull back a little bit and say, hold oh, up, we all in this country together, but everybody ain't treated like Americans. What are we feeling as a people?
3: Well, yeah, I, I always want to resist the temptation to speak for all the black folks. that ain't like they made it. ain't like they made it my like house for dinner last night and told me what to tell you today, Michael. So, I and can't, I
2: can't speak for all the
3: black folks. I'm not Kanye.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, uh,
3: exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I can't speak for all of. Them, but I will tell you this: mm-hmm. I think that most of us realize now uh, this country still does not treat us with the respect that we deserve. Put another way, I still think most of us believe now that our humanity and our dignity have never been truly respected or revered. Um, We just came out of Black History Month, February, and the great black intellectual W. B. Du Bois once asked this question, Mm -hmm. would America have been America without her Negro people? Now think about that for a second. Would America have been America without her Negro people? The answer is obviously no, the country just wouldn't be. If you take us to your point, we were kidnapped. Maya Angelou, in her poem On the Pulse of Mourning, which she delivered at the inauguration of Bill Clinton years ago, Maya Angelou put it this way that we were stolen, bought, and sold into slavery, arriving on a nightmare, praying for a dream. We were stolen, bought, and sold into slavery, arriving on a nightmare, praying for a dream. Put another way, and this is my way of interpreting that, we have learned to love this country in spite of not because of, we've learned to love America in spite of, not because of, so that if you take Black folk out of the American experiment in democracy, because remember now we're in a democracy yet, we're an experiment in democracy, but if you take Black folk out of that experiment, the whole thing falls flat. America just falls flat. If you take Black folk and all of our grand contributions, if you take us out of the equation, out of the experiment, America falls flat. So it's hard to accept that reality on the one hand, and on the other hand, accept the reality that, that our humanity is always being contested, our dignity is always being contested. And I think Black folk understand that viscerally uh, in America in 2023.
2: So when I come back from this break, I want to know what is your position on when white folks say, well, black people just always complain. It just just ain't bad as people say it is. You know, they just they're overreacting. You know, why don't they take it easy? You know, if they were put in more to get out more. I want to know your feeling about their feelings about how we feel when we say, man, this ain't right. That ain't right. You know what I mean? My, my point is, like, I can complain about something that's being done to me, but why the doer is doing it to me, he's complaining that I'm complaining. But I'm complaining because the foot is on my neck. I'm going to want to know your opinion. We get right, Black. We're going to take a quick break, y'all. We'll be back in a pair of seconds.
3: to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
0: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on back. Transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024
3: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
1: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So, as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandys.
2: Whoa, 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 and we're black. That's right. Michael talks to everybody. Y'all, I got the great Tavis Smiley, you know, uh, author. Um, I think he's a motivational speaker as well, and uh, definitely a talk show host and radio show host and radio show. Owner owns his own radio station KBLA fifteen eighty in Los Angeles, and he's sharp, y'all. He know he talking about. He got a college education. He spent no three years in eighth grade for nothing. Okay, and we're back. Hey, brother, how you feel? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, man. <laughs> so what? Is, what is? What is your take on us being told we complain too much when we complain about what's obvious?
3: Yeah, two things very quickly. One, uh, African Americans clearly have legitimate grievances in this country. Legitimate grievances. There's a reason why we're still three-fifths of a person economically speaking, as we were discussing earlier, and there's a reason why in every single leading economic indicator category, not one, two, or three, but in every leading economic indicator category in 2023, Mm -hmm. Black people still lag far behind white Americans in every one of those categories. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a reason for that. I believe that racism is the most intractable, the most difficult issue in this country, um and racism is as real as rain and that's why we still lag far behind in every single leading economic indicator category more expressly to your question about how we interpret how we should feel about white folk telling us that we complain too much and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps well you can't mm-hmm. do that one if you ain't got no boots that's number one mm-hmm. um you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps but secondly i believe as a, I, I, I as you mentioned I, I i do talk radio every day and i've done TV and radio my entire career. And I've learned over the course of these three decades doing what I do, that if you don't ask the right question, you don't get the right answer. And here's my problem, Michael. When we have this conversation, we always ask the wrong question. Here's what we ask. The question is always put to us. Well, y'all are doing so much better than you were a few hundred years ago, what you're complaining about. The question is wrong. The question is not how are black folk doing Today versus how we were doing yesterday. The question is not how are we doing today no. versus how we were doing a couple hundred years ago. That ain't the question. Mm-mm. Of course, we've made progress in the last couple hundred years. The question is how are Black folk doing today in real time versus White folk today in real time. It's got to be comparing apples to apples, you know, oranges mm-hmm. to oranges. Mm-hmm. Not how we're doing today versus a couple hundred years ago, of course we've gone through slavery. Of course we've gone through segregation, Jim Crow and Jane Crow and reconstruction. Of course we have made some progress in this country and that progress on some level is undeniable. No question about that. At the end of the day though, that ain't the right question. If you ask the question, how are black folk doing today up against white folk today, economically, politically, culturally, and socially, We still are not being treated with the respect that our humanity and our dignity deserve. So my point is, you can't get the right answer if you don't ask the right question.
2: Yeah, so they need to shut the fuck up. Listen, we went through slavery. We went through Reconstruction. went through Jim Crow. The whole time, they wasn't going through shit. They were going through parties and stuff and, and building their mansions on our slavery and on our back. Cotton was king, but... They couldn't have it if we didn't pick it, you know? That's why I was blown away when I went to Africa and bought a shirt with Ethiopian African, uh, cotton. I was like, I didn't know niggas was picking cotton in Africa. Anyway, what happened is they took this thing and they, and they built this on our backs. And even when they played like they was, giving us some type of freedom, and they called it uh, ending slavery, they didn't turn around and pay themselves more money to make up for the slave they lost so their land wouldn't go down. Meanwhile, we put out there to make it on our own. So we know all these things to be true. But I guess the next question is how do we deal with it effectively to turn it around? And I mean, Ain't going to be no magic wand wave, uh, Mr. Smiley. And I don't see the rich black folk r- riding in the town on white horses to say what's going on with those of us who ain't got no real money. So what is the solution? Or is there a solution or is it an individual
3: solution as opposed to a societal solution? I'm glad you raised that question about an individual solution. Uh, we were talking about mm-hmm. Dr. King earlier. Let me just say what what King said. And King said so many things that are just, you know, um, prophetic. He wasn't a politician. He was a prophet. And so much of what he said was prophetic, but he said this, um, and I want to share it with you and your audience. King said that if it falls your lot in life to be a street sweeper, then you should sweep the streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. You should sweep the streets like Beethoven composed music. You should sweep the streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. King said if it falls your lot in life to be a street sweeper, You should should sweep those streets so well that when you die, all the host of heaven will pause and say, Here live the world's greatest street sweeper. Mm. He went on to say, though, Michael Collier, that in life, each of us should commit ourselves to our work and our witness and to doing that work and witness so well. This is King now. Mm
1: -hmm. Do
3: your work so well that the dead, The living or the unborn couldn't do it any better. Now, hold up. Think about that. Hmm. What happens when you commit yourself? You ask the question about whether it's individual or collective. Here's the answer. If we we get it right as individuals, then we'll, we'll be better off as a collective. If we get the micro right, the macro will take care of itself. So what Mm -hmm. King was saying to us is that each of us, whatever God has given us as a calling in this world, that each of us should do our work so well that the dead, the living, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. If you commit yourself to that standard of black excellence, if every Mm -hmm. one of us did that on the individual level, then the collective would take care of itself. Does that answer your question? It
2: does. And but my despair is how many how do we grab the folks who ain't thinking like this? How do we get the multitude of folks who ain't thinking nothing like this? Who matter of fact, for the most part, couldn't care less. They just are just proceeding along. Like they got radio tires. They got all the cable shows. They got the internet. They don't give a damn. Well, how do you wake folks up and say, hey, bro, we need to have individual integrity about who we are as a people in this land and what we bring to it before the the eyes of our Father God. How do we tell folks to do that? Or how how do you uh, encourage folks to do that or trick them into do that? How do we get that done?
3: Two or three things. Number one, I've learned this the hard way. The Bible says that the poor you will have with you always. Now I didn't say that you had to be one of them, but it does. That's say right. you that always going to be with that. you always. So number one, I take that biblical admonition to mean uh, that we can't save everybody, and I've mm. learned that in my in my own life. You can't save everybody.
2: That's right.
3: You you can't want more for some people than they want for themselves. That's 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 going to just drive you insane wanting more for them than they want for themselves. That's true. At, at, at the sa- at the same time, uh, our commitment, Michael, has to be to seek the truth, to speak the truth, to stand on the truth, and to stay with the truth. Now, that doesn't mean that you or I have a monopoly on the truth, because there's the truth and there's the way to the truth, and you got to be humble enough to understand and accept that everybody doesn't know the truth that Michael knows or the truth that Tavish knows. We tell the truth that we know, but with humility, you got to give them time to come into that truth. Everybody don't wake up at the same time. Somebody's alarm That's goes right. up to 4 a.m., some at 6 a.m., some at 7 a.m., some at 9 a.m. Some Negroes sleep all day long, always sleepwalking. True. They never wake up. We mm-hmm. don't all wake up at the same time. So you can't save everybody, uh, but you got to also be humble enough to let them find their own way. But here's the last thing, that we can't ever give up on our people. Uh, I won't, Malcolm I won't ever. Malcolm X, Malcolm X was a gangster.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But Elijah Muhammad didn't give up on him. And so whether we're talking about everyday people, whether we're talking about famous people, whether we're talking about biblical figures, mm-hmm. the bottom line is this. Our creator never gives up on us. So how dare we, Michael, ever give up on our brother or on our sister? So your role, my role, is to speak the truth that we know, to uh, engage a witness that has at its epicenter a notion of loving and serving our people. That's what leadership is about, man. Loving and serving your people. I say all the time, you can't lead folk if you don't love them. You can't save folk if you don't serve them. Leading people is about loving and serving them. And then finally, I say to you, in answer to your question, that people would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. In other words, you can't spend all your time preaching to people. They ain't trying to hear you preaching to them all day long. They'd rather see a sermon than hear one. What am I saying? Just be an example. Live a life that is an example. Make yourself a living epistle of the things you want them to understand and to get. When they see you doing it, they'll be inspired by that. Courage is contagious, Michael.
2: So you're saying uh, lead by example. Show the people how it's done and hopefully so folks will get it, wake up and go, dog, if that looks tasty to him, it could be tasty to me. But as a boy coming from Gulfport, Mississippi, growing up in Kokomo, Indiana, with a great grandmama mm-hmm. named Big Mama, how do you learn the sophisticated stuff? You did a lot you do a lot of college? How do you No, or, I, just, I, or is it mother from grandmama?
3: Yes, all all of the above. Uh as they say, uh reading is fundamentals. I do a lot of reading, number one. Uh, number two, I'm I'm a fundamentally curious person. I'm just I'm just very curious. I love I love talking. Speaking of Big Mama, I love spending time with with older people. I learned so much, Me so too. much wisdom, so much wisdom our, our ancestors, uh, so much wisdom our, our foremothers and forefathers uh, have to share with us. Some from the grave, some in real time. But those who come before us have so much wisdom to share with us. But I I just I'm, I'm a lifelong learner, uh, like you. Uh, I believe in learning. I believe in reading. I believe in empowering myself with the information. I believe that knowledge is power. So, you know, there are a whole lot of folk, a lot smarter, a lot brighter than I am. One of the reasons why I love talk radio right. is that every day I walk in this studio, I come to mm-hmm. learn something. And every day I walk out of the studio, I leave here every day smarter when I walk out than when I came in. I love learning. I love mm-hmm. downloading information. Uh, and so for me, it's just a matter of intake, intake, intake. And, uh, For me, that's what makes life worth the living, that every day I get a chance to see the world through a different prism, consider a different point of view, reexamine my assumptions, expand my inventory of ideas. Mm -hmm. All of that for me is about personal growth. So to go back
2: to Big Mama one more time, I want you to tell me one thing, one lesson that you learned from your grandmama that you still carry to this day.
3: Oh, man, so many. But uh, this is the one Uh, Big Mama said to me all the time, baby. Once a task you have first begun, never finish until it is done. Be the labor great or small, do it well or not at all. That's big mama for you.
2: Mm, I love it, man. Look, that's, that's all the time we got. This goes really fast. We're gonna have about 30 minutes. I have more questions for you and stuff, and maybe you'll drop in and talk to me again, you know. But my pleasure. You know, brother. You're a great man. I love your work. I love how you stick with your integrity. And no matter what goes down, you keep on moving, brother. Just like just like the engine that could. I think I can. I can you just keep chug, chug, chugging along? And I see you unfolding into your greater self. I see no matter what happens, you move to the next step and expand it. I'm very proud of you. Any last thing you want to leave us with, as well as telling people how they can
3: find you? All of our socials are at KBLA1580. And uh, I just want to close by saying I am grateful to you. Uh, you've been inspiring many people for, for decades now. Uh, when I first heard your story and saw your story at Venice Beach, when I got to California, you were on Venice Beach then. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I remember well coming to Venice Beach many times when you didn't know me and I didn't know you, but I was standing in the crowd, put money in the hat. Uh, when I would come to Venice Beach uh, just to hang out. And of course, when you come to L.A., you move to L.A., all your friends want to come hang out with you. Right. So when they came, I would take them to Venice Beach to see this guy named Michael call you. So to to remember those days decades ago and to over the years gotten to know you and to become your friend and your brother and now to be on your on your on your program. It's a great honor for me, sir, to be in dialogue with you. I love you and I appreciate you, Michael.
2: I love you, brother. I know you love me by the way you treat me. I appreciate you, man. You bring a lot of goodness to us and a lot of wisdom. I appreciate you. I'll always be there to support you, brother. Thanks Likewise. again, man. Hey, y'all, you know you can find me five days a week on my morning show on YouTube, the Michael Morning Show. And if you missed that, make sure you get this. Michael talks to everybody. Three new shows every week. You know, you need to tell everybody, too, because I think I'm talking to your mama next week. I'm not sure, but you, you can tune in and find out. We'll be right here. Keep God first. Remember, life is a garden if you dig it. Talk to you soon. Peace. I had a good time today. I hope y'all did too, man. Thank y'all for checking us out here at Michael Talks to everybody. Hey, you can follow me, man. I'm easy to follow. I'm on Instagram, just under at Michael Kaya. I'm on TikTok. That's Michael kaya 135 I have a very sexy webpage called TheRealMichaelKaya.com. You know, you go over there, you can find out about my merchandise and what I'm doing and where all my shows are. Everything is right there. Or, if you really love me, you can go to my cash app. That's dollar sign, Michael Kaya's money. I'm playing with y'all, but I accept green stamp, food stamp, Canadian money. I'll take your bus transfer if you got some time left on it and my morning show. Oh, my goodness. The Michael Kaya morning show. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time five days a week. This has been a Raylock Group production. I'll see y'all later.
0: (laughs) Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
1: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and a QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success.
1: From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business small business success stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug All needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This episode brought to you by
2: 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.